Hi and welcome to episode 57 of Invest in You. On this podcast is me, Charlie Sandval. And Fredrik Sandval. And today we're going to be talking about different business strategies and more specifically, like uh, how you can adapt to the change that is happening all the time. Okay, that sounds like a great idea. Where are we going to start? So I'm going to be interviewing my dad and he's hopefully going to be spitting out some good answers <laughs> so that you can uh, learn. All right, here so, we go. First question, uh, what different challenges can you face? What different things can change, basically? There is an unlimited amount of things that you can face. Uh, things are changing. We're working with people. People are changing. And the area all around us, everything is moving almost all the time. Yeah. So examples of things you can, for example, meet a new person that you need to get along with. You might have a person that you need to disengage from. So you need to leave this person for whatever reason. You might have to sell something. You might have to develop something. You might want to copy someone's behavior. Or you might be the first to come up with great, new, fantastic ideas. So changes are all around us all the time. Yeah. Uh, How can your mindset affect the outcome of uh, what you're facing or opportunity or challenge or whatever? Okay, so this is, of course, a huge uh, matter of difference. It can be very much your competitive advantage if you are a person that can find a new way. Starting with, for example, you have something in front of you, a situation. One person might say, this is impossible, it's a problem, I can't do it. The next person might have exactly the same things in front of them and they might say, oh, that's cool, this is a challenge. And they will make it into a competition for themselves to try to find a way. There might be a third person looking on exactly the same things again, and they see very much, this is a fantastic opportunity. So it's not even a problem, it's not even a challenge, it's just like, way, this is really cool, I can make something fantastic out of this. This is an opportunity. Exactly the same circumstances. So your mindset... Uh, It can be positive or negative, those are two ways, or a sliding scale between them. It can also be that you are productive or not so productive. Do you surely have any friends who are super productive? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Do you have any friends who might be not super productive? Yeah. Maybe, okay. Right, I have got the same. So I got friends who are super productive and not so productive. And that's okay, we're all different, luckily. What else would you like to know, Charlie? Uh... Um, do you like believe in uh, what? Oh, yeah. Another thing is that it is very important to believe in what you do. Okay. Otherwise, uh, it kind of uh, the point in selling what you're selling is maybe not like as worth it. And if you don't like the idea, then how do you think other people will like it? So, do you like what you're doing and what your company is doing? Absolutely. Otherwise, I would change focus because I'm luckily not uh, hired or employed for a specific uh, job. So if you're in a a job, you might even have to actually leave your company because you might not believe in the founder, the the business idea or even what you sell. I have come across quite a few salespeople who have, for just survival and getting a salary, have been selling stuff they don't believe in. How do you think that makes them feel? It's maybe not so fun, I think, actually. Exactly. It will be quite horrible to sell something. So basically, you're tricking and deceiving someone every single day 
for a living and that would probably take a lot of your own energy so do i believe in what i'm selling and what i'm doing absolutely so just to go give a couple of examples i am helping investors to get returns on their funds so you can number one leave the money in the bank do you know what the interest rate might be in the moment at the moment no idea it's very very little pretty much almost nothing or you can have a lot more by working with someone like myself yeah so that's like would you like to have nothing or a lot more than nothing Okay, cool. Well, it depends on what it is. Yeah, right. And of course, it's also linked to people's risk profile and uh, how safe they like to be. All right, so investments is one thing I work with. Another thing is I'm providing uh, quality housing for for people. Uh, Same thing there. You might have like a sliding scale from like the top of the range to not at all so nice. And we try to absolutely stay on, on... on the right side of that balance. So yeah, I absolutely would be able to live in any of the rooms that we are offering to other people quite happily. Uh, so that's that's one thing that I take as granted. There was a TV series a couple of years ago. BBC wanted to have me on it. Uh, they offered me a place. Uh, one of my friends, Paul, he joined the TV show and he was living in his own HMO, his own... Uh, uh, letting room and he was sharing uh, the room with his girlfriend but there it became almost like a little clash where they lived it, he had at the time i think at least 100 rooms like this which meant he had also a nice other place where he could live but in this tv series he was asked to live on the same amount of money as his tenants and also in the same conditions yeah. so you think that was a little bit of a clash to have a fancy car outside to have uh, your your maybe designer clothes uh, and and then you are living uh, yeah. in a very different place. Yeah, yeah. So, do you believe in what you're selling? Yes, I absolutely do. Otherwise, I would change. And it's also really important to listen to your customers, so they will actually give you feedback what is actually working so yeah. well or not so well if you are attentive. Okay, so yes. Otherwise, maybe no one else wants to uh, buy from you. Okay. Uh, where do you fit in the market and would you call what you're selling your product or service? This is a trick question because something you take a service and turn it into a product to make it easier to explain. Sometimes you take a product and turn it into a service. So I would say I'm selling both. Uh, I've got investment products which can be seen as services. I'm sorry for you listeners who don't see how this makes sense uh, and then on the other side it can be the other way around it's really good to take whatever you try to bring to the market and package it wrap it up in a nice way so almost even if it's a service it looks like a product which means people can actually compare it Darcy the dog agrees exactly he's barking in the background as usual uh, it's almost like mandatory when we're recording here absolutely moving <laughs> on how are some of the ways that you can survive this apocalypse, uh, the change, basically? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, on the strategic level. Okay, zooming out a bit. Uh, it's very common, especially as an entrepreneur, to maybe sometimes get bogged down in the details. So you almost, like, lose the helicopter view. So sometimes we talk about, when we're coaching about this, that you should work on the business, not in the business. And to take a more strategic view is one way to do that. We will have a couple of strategic ideas that we'll share throughout this whole podcast. Okay, one way is, of course, to think about business 
at a higher level. So how does what I do fit with the overall goal for the future? So for the last couple of years, I've been working towards a year which is coming up quite soon. What's the next year coming up? 2020. 2020, exactly. So I've had some goals which have been very much linked to that, but now it's time to push those goals further into the future. Uh, strategy to me, if you think about the, the military background, you might have the tactics, which might be how you do the combat, how you win a battle, while the whole strategy might be linked to the whole overarching war, which means inside a war you've got multiple battles, you've got multiple events that take place. If you translate that to the business world, you might have a product launch, you might sell something, you might do a new thing, which is very much a tactical thing. While what is the overarching strategy? So one thing that we do, for example, is try to think about the longevity of business. So we work with B1G1, where we have as one of the philosophies to every year contribute and share towards other people's benefits, basically. So that's like a core strategy, like giving is good. So we have something we came up with in Bali, you might recall it, entrepreneur for good. Yeah. So which means two things, right? So yeah. number one is you can be an entrepreneur for life and then also you can be an entrepreneur and do good for others. So that's very much one of the strategies we, we follow. Yeah. All right. So that was just a couple of examples. Yeah. So the most popular products or services in the world, they have often been successful. And how did they do that? Well, they adapted to the change. Uh, so... There are many newer companies and stuff, and we're going to give some examples. So my question is, in which way uh, do platforms destroy or disrupt old markets? Okay, so we spoke about this ahead of this recording, obviously, and uh, we took a few couple of brands that we'll come back to in a moment. I think, generally, the, the thing that I try to get across to Shirley and to many of you in the audience is is quite useful and successful sometimes to be a piece in the puzzle so you are the connector between the buyer and seller between a and b and therefore you're helping out providing value that people that might never have met customers that find products they might never have seen otherwise it's actually very valuable yeah so let's use platforms as an example of that. I, I would like to start for example sure. amazon uh, amazon affiliate program so the buyer is the buyer and the seller is Amazon. If you are in the middle and you're an affiliate, you say, hey, check out this product. And then the buyer says, okay, heads on to Amazon. And then you get a split of the money. Yep. That is a piece of a puzzle. Right. Another example, Uber. How does that yep. work? If we first stick, let's stick to with Amazon for a second. They, yep. they are in their own right a platform which is a huge affiliate machine. Yeah. So on one side, they got a product which is not their product on the other side they got a customer which is and they're also a piece of the puzzle they're absolutely a piece in the puzzle and, and there's enough money to go around to allow Amazon to be absolutely one of the biggest companies in the world and the crazy thing they're just operating in a few countries so far uh, I'm not sure about the exact number today but just about 10 countries which means they've got a huge further potential to tap into and they are already the biggest in the world. That's quite interesting, right? Yep. 
And it's quite cool because I was investing in, in lots of companies around 2000, 1999-2001 and many of them had exactly the same idea as Amazon and most of them are not around at all anymore. So sometimes to move first might not be the best idea. All right, so you were just about to mention Uber. Tell us more, Charlie. Yeah, so Uber is basically... Well, can you explain? Because I'm not so super sure about that. Okay, right. So the cool thing with Uber is they are a platform which connects the person who wants to be driven somewhere with the taxi. Ah, yeah. And in this case, it's not even a normal classical taxi. It can be a dude with any kind of car. So we have seen some stupid videos from... from, uh, California, where a guy rocks up in a Lamborghini and like, hi, I'm your Uber driver and here's my Uber car, which is a Lamborghini. Yeah. Have you seen any of those? Yeah, I have. Exactly. Okay. So Uber is just an example of being very disruptive, taking out in areas where they operate more than 30% of the local taxi business being replaced by more competitive, cheaper and often more customer friendly, maybe not as experienced taxi drivers, but still. Do you have any other examples, Sean, we'd like to talk about? Yeah, uh, Booking.com. Cool, Booking.com is quite cool because you might remember one of your mentors. Uh, can you remember who that is that I got in mind? Yeah, Paul Mahoney. Yeah, and he is often talking about Booking.com because he was consulting Booking.com how they can become bigger. That's quite cool story. Yeah. And they basically... They are buying so much ad space from Google, so they are not allowed to buy more because they're really maxed out. So that means that you cannot look for a hotel room almost without having Booking.com to pop up in your face. Uh, Do you know how it works, what they do? Yeah, so basically they have... Well, can you explain, actually? Sure. So You're good at that. Yeah, they've got hotels, and they also might have flats, and even down to rooms where they offer. So you've got someone who would like to live in a room for a whatever time frame, and then on the other side, they got someone offering exactly that. So they are basically just a huge platform to take a quite big margin from whoever would like to let or rent a room, hotel, etc., Mm-hmm. So they are also a big piece of the puzzle. Basically what they do, think about it. If you can outspend everyone else on advertisers, it means that you will almost always be the number one, the first thing in their face. Yeah. Which means you will become very, very big quite quick. Mm-hmm. And they've been sustaining that for, for many years now. Uh, another example in the same space... Yeah, I've got an idea in mind. Uh, yeah. Airbnb. Right, let's take them exactly the same thing. So there you might have two pieces in the puzzle. So you got the Airbnb stuff. They can also be on Booking.com, which means you have to, have to pay like two platforms. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they are also helping people to let rooms uh, or houses uh, to other people. And many of them also combine the listings. So they are on Booking.com and Mm-hmm. Airbnb so which yeah. means they will uh, double up the likelihood of someone actually letting a room that's and, clever and I've got friends working quite a lot with so called service accommodation and many of them would like to use booking.com or Airbnb to get the customer through the door and then ideally they would like to have repeat business with that 
customer directly without having the affiliate in the middle because they charge a lot. Do you know if they have their own way of selling as well? So it's not it's not just booking.com and Airbnb. They have their own website where they sell or something like that. Yeah, you can have that. Yeah, you can have your yeah. own booking page. That's just right. checking. Yep. Um, how and where can you get inspiration on how to update your business? I would say stay on top of, do exactly what it says on this podcast, invest in you. So that means you need to know what's happening around you. You can do that by talking to smart people. You can follow media. You can be part of a masterminding group. You can keep educating yourself and also be attentive to what does the customer actually say about what you do uh, or offer. So it means that you can uh, evolve over time. Uh, what else can I say about this uh, interesting question? Um, yeah, stay stay open-minded. Have two ears and one mouth and use them in the proportion. You will pick up lots of ideas as you go along. Yeah. Okay. So why is it hard to keep uh, a competitive advantage? A competitive advantage? The tough thing there is really... It's really hard to get to the edge where people will think about you first when they would like to buy something or do something. And uh, not only that, everyone else will fight for exactly that position as well to ultimately be the person who is considered the biggest brand. If I say, what is the best phone brand in the world? What would you say? Apple. You would say Apple. I would say Apple. Many other people might say Samsung or something else. And yes, that is a perception. And Apple has got many competitive advantages. One is they are syncing and linking many different services. So you've got the phone, which can talk to your computer, which can talk to your uh, music device, which in this case also can have your own payment service. So uh, they are rolling out the Apple uh, credit cards, basically. Yeah. And uh, today I was booking a flight and uh, I just used on the phone and clicked how would you like to pay? I'd like to pay with Apple Pay, please. So that took a half second, and then just through facial recognition, I had paid. Done. That's uh, very... Uh, and no, no yeah. card details, no nothing. Everything's just synced and linked in the payment solution. So a competitive advantage is to have a whole ecosystem of services which make it really easy for the consumer. That's exactly what Amazon is doing as well. They keep it really easy. I do so much of my shopping on Amazon instead of going around shopping in shops. Uh, why? Because time efficient. I know what I want. Okay, find it, buy it, sorted. Yeah. So, last question before we wrap up. Yeah. Can you give some general advice on how to adapt to the fast change for business? All right. This will be really hard because I will probably speak for four hours. How long time have I got? Five, ten, five? Ten, something. Ten, right. Okay, I will divide up the ideas in a few different ones. And If you are the first person to come up with a great new idea, uh, you're an innovator, you're a disruptor, and you're so successful you can even bring this to the market. That's fantastic on one side. On the other side, it's often, and very, very often, the people who are the adopters who will copy your idea and make it even better. They are the ones that will often be more successful. So first mover advantage is not always the best thing to do. 
So you're very much your pioneer. You have to crack the ice. You have to start to sell something, an idea or a product to people who might not even know what it is. So you're educating the market, which is a really tough place to be. So once you do have launched, you have got like a massive ramp up. And that's usually where other people will pick up on the idea like, hmm, I like to have a piece of that pie as well and make some money. So if that is now a challenge, then you got another challenge. Like if you're the best in the market, that can also be a tough thing as well, because that's a tough position to maintain. Other people will see how easy it seems they might not see that this is taking five or ten years in the making to come to the stage where the business or product is. So to keep superior, to be the top of everything, that's really, really hard. And uh, that's almost linking back to the first mover that we have spoke about. It can be really, really tr- tricky. Okay, um, we have got another challenge as well. If you think for one, think about strategy, some companies say like, we would like to provide the highest quality possible. So if you provide really superior quality, Charlie, do you think that's cheap or, or expensive? It's a bit more expensive. It's a bit more expensive, exactly. So to be the most, yeah, well, basically have the best product, that doesn't always work because if someone can have an almost as good product and sell it for 80% of the price, do you think many people will buy from that one instead? Yeah. Almost as good, 20% discount. Yep, you can see the the queue lining up for that as well. So to be the best of quality often relates to the price as well. That's a a tough one to to crack. Okay, what else? Um, You can think about how your customers uh, are are working with you. Do you want them to to be experimenting? Do you want them to be uh, early pioneers? How do you want them to do things? Often as entrepreneurs, we want to be innovators. We like to be unique. We like to be different. Uh, I hope that I have with the previous strategy ideas have highlighted that's not always the best idea. So to take something and refine it is usually very powerful. To take something from one part of the world to another part of the world can also be a successful way to to do things. And then, of course, you do your version of it and you improve it. One thing that I have noticed, surely if I say I would like to... one, One of the things I'm collecting is experiences. Do you think I'm alone to collect experiences? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's more and more and more common and popular to collect experiences. So, I mean, Charlie is coming to, to London as an experience and he likes to do cool and funny things. We can remember that. Yeah. Um, one reason why you do your parkour, Charlie, might be the experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, if experience is so important to people around us, why not make and take their problem or challenge and turn it into a nice solution, which hopefully also could be an uh, experience. Let's take an example. Most people are hungry at least once, twice or three times a day. Yeah. And uh, you might have your own restaurant, Mm -hmm. and you can make the whole restaurant thing into an experience by superior customer service. Yeah. Therefore, you're solving the problem. They're not hungry anymore. 
they had a great experience, they will most likely rave about this and tell other people. Yeah. So by taking the normal service provision and turn it into experience can really be one way how you can excel. And the same thing here, one thing we really focused on with a company called Multilet and Samuel Homes is to make the whole experience of moving into a new home so much nicer. So instead of like here, instead of uh, here is your room, how does this sound instead? Uh, welcome to your new home. Even if it's exactly the same thing, and assuming that you've also made the whole uh, new home more appealing by uh, maybe putting in a flower, maybe to provide some some uh, other decoration, which makes me it, it's nicer. Basically, it does make sense. I hope. So usually you have um, uh, a home. Our number of homes quite soon ready up in, in Dorby, where right now we just wait for the water connection and then the furniture, and then you will have lots of people moving in there. That house where, where Shaw is one, one of the owners will be way better than the other rooms in the area. Because? Because it will feel like a home. It yeah. will be nice, it will be more design stuff. And it's yes. Not, not just bare minimum, it's yeah. high quality stuff. Yeah, so uh, high quality. And, and much better in terms of how it is perceived. So it is nicer and cooler. What does that mean? Do you think we can charge more? Yeah. Yeah, so we can charge more. If we don't charge too much more, then do you think those rooms will fill up very quick? Yeah, I hope so, so. much nicer rooms, much nicer house, much nicer everything for a little bit more expensive price. Most people are quite happy to pay that little premium to have something which is way better than the norm or the normal. Okay, another key strategy, build relationships and network. You can get around that, whatever you're doing. And uh, we've got a, a book coming up very soon, which is around trust. Trust is new currency. Same thing that trust is essential in relationships. How other people trust you, your product or your service in your whole network, how people talk about you. That will make a huge, huge difference. All right. So those were a couple of ideas I think I've used my time. Yeah. Hopefully wisely. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So those were just a few ideas how to be more strategic. And hopefully those business learnings, which are from many years of consulting, many years of business studies, and more importantly, I've learned so much from working with other people. I hope that was useful. And I hope, Charlotte, that you also picked up some new ideas. Yeah, and I hope you as a listener also did. Right, I think we got some new five-star, re- not reviews, but we've got a few five-star ratings. But if you also write a review, we would love to read it out to the whole world. Just to say thank you so much for subscribing or liking or doing anything to help us to help you and many many others if you think this has been useful you're more than welcome to tell a friend and that's how we can help even more people awesome awesome thank you for listening all right i'll see you surely another day another week (laughs) all right so yeah I'm, I'm, i'm just about to jump in the car uh to head off to the airport and uh, I'm guessing the next podcast will most likely be with a guest and will most likely also be done virtually so we'll be in different places yeah 
Thank you for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye.